Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe. Buenos dias. Is across from me, Joe McGranahan, just a super duper guy. And his favorite name around the pop around the dinner table is a four-letter word blurted out by his grandchildren. <laughs> Papa. Right. Yep. <laughs> Wait till they grow up. Anyway, uh, so that's uh, Mr. Joe is here. I'm Mark Lawrence. I portray liberal on the radio. And we would just love to uh, chit-chat with you. When I was a Republican, I was a rhino. Now I'm a Democrat and not a good one. So, What would a Democrat name only? A dino. You'd a be dino. a dino. Yeah, it's like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, pers- rhino and dino. It sounds like a marriage made in some place. Well, you know, I think <laughs> if somebody has to have a political lean, they have to be in compliance with what I think they should be. In other oh, words, you're the decider. Right. Okay. So well, then. I'm the person to decide. Please tell rhino, us all how we should behave. Dino or <laughs> nino. Some people are a nino, none of the above. Nino. Yeah, and uh, we're glad to say we've got some smart libertarians around here. I'm glad to say the libertarian parties are uh, making some great inroads, so we need that badly. All right, uh, so we are going to open up phones on the mark sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. We're going to talk about Merrick Garland and his continued uh, interest in making sure that... Uh, uh, no school board member or teacher or superintendent or principals. And uh, a story that hits close to home up in Hughesville. Get threatened. So we're going to talk about that very shortly. We do have a caller standing by, so we will be talking about that very shortly as well. But uh, you can contact us so with the topic of your selection on an open phones Thursday, the last day of Joe McGranahan's retirement shortened week, <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. You should see his face every time they talk <laughs> about the billionaire's tax. He's like, oh, man, they're going to oh, get not, me. Not, not, not today. No. <laughs> Just wait. Ten more years. He'll be gone soon. You can email. They can have it all then. <laughs> they can email us. At, or you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. They can do it, too. And you can text us at 70236 and include the keyword OTM. Uh, uh, before you before oh, you hit them, because we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten to this. Okay. Stan wants to talk about Biden bill. We've been up and down that road, but we really need to talk about on, this education on, thing Stan. that's going on around here. This is from Hughesville last night. Confrontational comments from the public, uh, this is from the Sun-Gazette, uh, prompted the East Lycoming School Board to abruptly close their recent public meeting and move to executive session. At the onset, the audience participation of the meeting segment, the board president announced the board's policy for speaking and warned that individuals not following will forfeit their allotted speaking time. If at any time in the public comments period the board feels that the public cannot comply with these procedures, I will ask for a motion to adjourn. So, I mean, obviously people are going to question this. All of a sudden, for what doesn't appear to be any particular reason, because there was no vulgar language that's been used at the last board meeting, they just went into executive session. This ties in with Merrick Garland's appearance yesterday before the Senate. Uh, I forget which committee he was up in front of. Um, well, wait, judiciary wait, wait, wait. Committee. Before you get to Merrick, what happened at Hughesville to prompt the executive session? No, it's not clear. That's the point of the story. There okay. was no vulgar language. This had been used at prior meetings by a member of the public, but there were accusations of the board not being open about agenda items, such as the treasurer's report. Okay. Uh, you know, but the people became, uh, I guess, upset uh, in, because they weren't getting their questions answered, and they were, in effect, being told that um, you're out of line, I guess. But it sounds like the executive session is retaliation for the negative comments, right? Right. Okay. They said That's that the appearance. When asked what the specific reason for adjourning, uh, the board president replied, shouting is out of line. 
Oh, well, that's not a good enough reason to go in private. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, so people get upset at these meetings. And Merrick Garland yesterday, what's amazing to me is that the school board association, which wrote the letter that triggered Merrick Garland sicking the FBI on parents, they withdrew Whoa. the letter. <clears throat> they withdrew the letter. Well, there's no argument about that. They withdrew the letter. So, okay, let's start at the beginning. Originally, Merrick Garland says that one of the reasons he was asking the FBI to assist in uh, investigating the death threats that were made against principals and school board members and so on was because the school boards, the National School Boards Association, right. asked him to do so. Now the National School Board Association says, actually, we were out of line? Or Well, they got a lot of political pressure from school boards that said, hey, wait a minute, these are our residents. They're not domestic terrorists. So Apparently, they felt a great deal of pressure. They withdrew the letter, but Merrick Garland refused to take back his mm -hmm. uh, memo. But he clarified yesterday. So what did he say last week, and what did he say this week? Well, let's see. Republicans say Garland went too far in instructing the Justice Department divisions to coordinate with local law enforcement in his memo. Garland said there had been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. Uh, the obligation of the Just Department, Justice Department is to protect the American people against violence, threats of violence, and that particularly includes public officials. Republicans on the Senate committee seized on a memo from Leif Johnson, the acting U.S. attorney in Montana, to the state attorney general, county attorney, sheriffs, and school officials in the state. That memo spells out federal crimes that could be used in prosecutions for violence, harassment, or intimidation of school board officials. The Montana memo, as obtained by the Associated Press, cites about a dozen federal statutes from conspiracy to deprive someone of civil rights to stalking to anonymous telephone harassment and instructs the recipients to contact the FBI if you believe that a person has violated one of these statutes. This is terrible overreach. Parents have an absolute right to go to school board meetings and to complain or to discuss yeah, what their children are being taught. This and doesn't have any, you're, you're conflating two things. Well, You've been listening uh, to whole, Fox News and you're tying issue. two things together. It's a whole big issue. They, they are tied together. In Loudoun County, the parents were allowed to see the curriculum that was being taught only if they agreed to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Oh, you know, come on, this is ridiculous yeah, well, stuff. Ridiculous. All right, one school made one one school board made one mistake. But it's but, all tied together, okay, Mark. So Joe, it's a national trend. Joe, half the principals around here, half the school principals in Pennsylvania say they've been threatened by somebody who threatened their life. You think that's appropriate? No, of course not. Well, then but you were, that's what where, Mayor Garland where, is talking about. Where are about. the charges? Where are the charges that have been filed against these people for these threats on someone's life? Where Where are the charges? I haven't seen any criminal complaints. Have well, you around obviously here? Obviously, they're anonymous people. Nobody does a criminal act in front of you and say, oh, and here's my business card. <laughs> I wish that you were dead, Mr. Principal of a local school. Here's my business card. <laughs> Joe, you know, I understand what you're saying. Fox in your funnels told it's you to Fox complete the fact that there is an AP story, a Merrick and a CBS Garland story. story, where he is interested in helping local law enforcement investigate the death threats made to school board members and people who are teachers in the school districts and the principals. And so he was interested in helping the local law enforcement do what you have aptly pointed out hasn't done, and that's prosecute the people that are issuing these death threats to the school board people. And instead of endorsing police enforcement and law and order, you say no. This has nothing to do with this. That has to do with parents who are concerned about the curriculum. You are conflating two things that have nothing to do with each other. Parents have the right to complain at a school board if they so choose, and they can do so loudly, and the more vigorously, the better. You know, we had a great clip of somebody arguing with Dr. Rager at a school board meeting, and that was exactly the way great dialogue at a school board can go. By shouting. If, well, if that's what it takes to get your point across, that's fine. But if you, But soon afterward, if someone said to the school board or Dr. Rager, I'm going to kill you, that's wrong. Uh, no, and that's, no one's arguing that You point. are arguing no, that. I'm not that's arguing exactly that what you're arguing. That's exactly what Merrick Garland is afraid of, is that somebody is going to get killed or hurt. He wants local law enforcement to arrest the people who are making the death threats. The National, school board, the death the National school board Association right. has said, we regret and apologize oh, for the letter, which asked for federal assistance to combat harassment and violence against school officials and said some of the oh acts could be domestic terrorism. Right. They apologized, Mark. They okay. said we made a mistake. 
Okay. But Merrick Garland couldn't do that. All right. I told you what the reality is. <laughs> if you, I know the election was That's stolen. That's in Marktopia. The, the, the rest, yeah, the, no the election was stolen. The, See, the world always, is flat. You always result Buggies to that. Buggies is the best way the to get around. Stolen, the election stolen. The world is not flat. Getting warmer. Yes, Merrick yes, Garland yes. wants to investigate. How could we possibly think up? logically about such things when you're throwing the arguments back to things that are totally irrelevant? Oh God, Stan, you're on the mark. What's your view on all this? Mark, you're wrong. Joe, you're right. Oh, now, God. <laughs> uh, Finally, it's common sense. There, there are multiple laws on the state and local level to prevent people. Well, they won't prevent because nothing prevents. No law prevents anything. What they do is have, lay down penalties for misconduct. There are laws to punish people that threaten and, and, and attack people anyway. doesn't matter whether they're school board members or the private citizen. If you attack someone, there are laws to that on the state and local level. There is no need for the feds to step in unless it's a conspiracy. And there is no conspiracy on this. If there is a conspiracy, I'd like someone to prove it. Well, even Garland wouldn't answer their questions yesterday, and the Democratic chairman said, let the record reflect that uh, the, the attorney general did not answer the question. <laughs> well, Gar- Garland, he has his stock line. Every, the other day, last week when he was in the House committee, his standard line, this memo does not blah, 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 blah. Don't matter what they ask him, he goes back to that. When it, whatever question they asked him, he went back to that. Now, irregardless, my understanding of stuff that came out in the clips that I've seen from either Cotton or Hawley is that White House staffers helped the school board association write the initial letter that was sent to the White House. Now, I don't know if that's 100% fact. That's what they were putting out there, and they were asking Garland about that. And he had no response for it other than this memo does not blah, 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 blah. It only applies to threats, blah, blah, which are state laws to cover all that stuff. The feds do not need to be involved. I agree. It, it's a it's a local issue, a local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. If it were a national conspiracy, if there were, a, a, you could prove that there was some group behind it, and they were organizing these threat, uh, threats and violence all across America. Certainly, that would be the FBI's purview. But a couple you of mean, parents getting upset at a school board meeting is hardly a call to call in the FBI. You mean a conspiracy sort of like what Antifa and BLM did last summer? something along those lines that the FBI says just, how did they put it? Antifa is just an idea. It's not an organization. Okay. Anyways, but that's not why I called. Okay. Okay. You know, the Biden's pushing to get this trillions and trillions of dollars spent down there. You know, the Democrats got to push this bill through, push it through. He's going up on the House because he needs a win or something before he goes overseas to sell us out to the climate Nazis. Does anybody, I mean anybody, have a clue what's in this thing that they keep trying to push on us? No, they, they don't have an idea on it, although the word is today that one of the things they're talking about sacrificing is the Democrats' call for, what, 14 weeks of parental leave? I heard that. Now, see, that's what I mean. Nobody knows. It's just rumors what we're hearing. Nobody knows. There's been no law written, but they want to spend over, well, now they've got back down to, what, $1.6 trillion, something like that. I don't know exact numbers. It's over a trillion, two, two trillion. Well, what's a trillion or two? It's only money, right? Nobody's going to have to pay it back because we're going to be bankrupt, and there will be nothing to pay it back with when everybody's out of their job and on the government dole. That's what they're going for. Well, it does seem like they're being overly generous with taxpayers' money. No argument there. How can everybody <laughs> be on the government dole if the government's bankrupt? Good question, They'll Mark. They'll just print more I'd money. I'd like them to answer that, and they can't. Print more money until the printing presses yeah. break. Oh, that's right. The billion billionaires are going to pay for it all. They're going to confiscate every dollar of the billionaire's wealth, and that'll pay for it all. For what? A week? Maybe two? And then what? These people are sick. They, they, they just keep pushing. You know, we don't have the money. We're, you know, almost $30 trillion in debt, uh, with the debt. And they keep wanting to spend and spend and spend. But it's all Trump's fault because of the tax cut. Although I heard today that this year, the corporate in- receipts to the Treasury are highest than they've ever been, even with the tax cut. So now what? What's their excuse now? Well, if they were talking about tightening our belts and using some of this money, not 
you know, closing some of the tax loopholes, doing a couple of things to raise money to pay down the debt so that we're not mortgaging the future of our great-grandchildren, I would be in favor of that, whether it was a Republican or a Democrat doing it, and I would give them credit for it. But that's not what we're doing. We're, we just can't keep spending and spending and spending. Every dollar you spend, and Joe Biden's assertion that it isn't going to cost anybody a penny is so <laughs> absurd that it's hard to even think he could do it with a straight face. There is That's no the way on earth. Kicking in. Well, there's no way on earth that spending trillions of dollars doesn't flow to somebody. And you're right. If you taxed, if you took every cent away from all the billionaires, uh, I think one of our callers said there were 700, but we looked it up and there are 614 of them in America. That's not going to cover the the debt that Joe Biden's going to run up here. No, no, it's not going to cover anything. You know, if if they want to solve the problems, there's only one way to do it: stop spending. Put the spending rates back 15 years, what they were 15 years ago, and go from there. I don't care what it does, because there's only one thing it will do. That will cut the cost that we had lay out. And the money that's coming in because of the tax cuts on the corporations will help slowly pay it down. But they won't do it because know. there's no power in that. I, you know, there's the old story, Alice in Wonderland. I think it's Jen Psaki in Wonderland. Every day she comes out and <laughs> gives these bizarre answers to questions. It's the American consumer's fault that we have so much of a, a shortage in the um, uh, supply chain. We, It's us. We did it. It reminded oh. me, when she said that yesterday, it reminded me of Jimmy Carter talking about a great national malaise that was our fault. Not the governments. I mean, the government is the one who's running up the bills. They're the ones driving inflation. Everything, the price of everything we buy is through the roof these days. Look at gasoline. You don't think consumer, uh, the spring back of consumer buying is part of the supply chain dilemma? How do you think it is? They have all the stuff sitting offshore, Mark, and all they have to do is bring it on shore. Okay, so how many factors are involved in the supply chain issues? How many factors would you say? Well, 20? I would say transportation is the main one. Okay. Tw- so government just? is the main one, Joe. Okay. What? Our government. government. Okay. Well, yeah, all right. Government. But okay. transportation, getting stuff off the boats and on into the consumer's places. And, right. and right. the largest backup is in California, and they will not let private private owners of trucker, truckers into the ports because they're not in the union. And they don't have the, and, and private enterprise truckers can't come in if they have a truck that's older than 2011 or 2010. Right. And there's a lot of older trucks on the road that work just fine and dandy because they've been maintained. <laughs> well, but the they reason- won't let them into the ports that's another reason. That's why this stuff sits there. They have no way to move it. And the reason they won't buy new trucks is because in 2035, California's mandating you have to have all electric trucks, and they don't even exist today. Exactly. It's it's all freaking joke, and it all comes back to government. Leftist government, especially in California. And so they want government the, and transportation. The country to go towards the way California has? Oh, my. Government and transportation are the only factors involved in this. It doesn't have anything to do with consumer spending or the big stimulus packages that gave everybody a lot of money. doesn't have anything to do with ships. That has to do with inflation. Too much money. doesn't have anything to do with shipping containers. Too much money chasing too few goods is certainly one reason for inflation. Oh, okay. So maybe consumers are a factor. Who has too much money, Joe? Who but gave the, them the money? The problem is, Mark, that the consumable goods are sitting offshore. Right. It's not that they that there are too there are no goods out there to buy. They're but just not where consu- they can be bought. But you just looked at me a moment ago and said consumers aren't a factor. They're and not. now you look at me and you say consumers are a factor. No, I, I you you People not with hearing me as dollars. usual. You've got those beans in your ears. Here's the thing: <laughs> the goods are sitting offshore in containers. You've seen the pictures. Right. So transportation's a factor. Right. Yep, we you got get you. the stuff. Well, you get the stuff out of the containers and in the stores and guess okay. what there is no shortage anymore okay all yep. right i give yep. up and, i give up and the money came from the government mark yep oh no argument hey, there hey. For doing so, nothing so stan, for almost would a it year. Be, stan would it be safe to say that transportation is a factor in the supply chain issues the worker shortage is a issue and supply chain uh, the supply chain issues that consumer spending which is up in part because of government uh, handouts is a factor in that I, I think you could probably name 20 things but all you all Joe and you want to say is transportation government that's it I think there are factors but I think you're being short-sighted if you say that it's all that there's a hundred things about well, 20 things anyway that we could <laughs> name that are involved in the supply chain but the bottom line right. is the goods are sitting there offshore they are available to 
be distributed, uh, okay. and the government is doing All things right. that keep the I got you. stipulated. <laughs> it's just transportation, everybody. Keep your blinders on. Enjoy your Fox News. Stan will give you the last word. Go ahead. Yeah, you better hurry because he's getting upset. Government is the problem. You know the dangerous words. I think Ronald Reagan said it. We're, we're from the government, and we're here to help you. The most terrifying word in the, in the lexicon, right? Uh, Amen. Wasn't it something along those lines, Joe? Yeah, he said, I'm from the, we're, the most terrifying okay. words in the English language are, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. Right, That's right. And, and they are not helping. They are causing the problem. Mm-hmm. One thing after another, all it right. just keeps piling up. Thank and you, we're sir. all going to pay the price. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Appreciate that. I think we are a stated stand, too. All right. We'll take a quickie break, but we'll take more comers. Honest to Pete, I thought we'd get some calls on this. Merrick Garland is uh, interested in helping law enforcement investigate the death threats. Joe says that he's interested in investigating people who stand up at school board meetings and voice their opinion. Uh, Whichever you think is true, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. Joe says transportation and Stan says government are the only factors involved in the supply chain issues. Of course, that defies logic. If you feel like the truth could come out in this show, call us now. 1-800-795-9565. They won't listen to it, but they would be more than happy for you to call in and speak. That was an editorial comment. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way check each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Mr. Rob is there. Now, we would just love to hear from you. We had a discussion earlier about Merrick Garland. Was he targeting people who stand up and talk about budgets and curriculum at school board meetings, or was he targeting the many uh, school officials and principals and so on who have been threatened, uh, their lives threatened, or uh, threatening phone calls, or stopped while they're jogging and, you know, asked about this or that or threatened actual threats. Uh, That's what Merrick Garland wanted them to investigate, but Joe has conflated that to indicate that he's actually interested in shutting down curriculum discussion, albeit shouting. We need to switch places so I can make up these bizarre comments that you're going to make. Okay. (laughs) Right. See, exactly. So (laughs) Joe's got an imagination. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mike is back. We asked him to call back, and here he is. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling back. Oh, you're welcome. So the the point, a couple of quick short points. All of those cargo ships sitting off there, to me, represent lost jobs, lost American jobs, family-supporting jobs. The government for the people didn't do that. Government for the business community helped that to happen. Cheap labor, less environmental regs. So I'm not blaming government for that. I'm blaming the government because most of the people there are there because they get funding, lots of it, from business. And this is what's happened to our economy. We have crappy jobs because they're all off seas. And then as soon as something like this happens, everybody wants to blame government. Well, I blame business and their buddies in government, those guys with the red ties on who are nothing but shills for business. 
and have a great day, guys. All right, we got well, you. Thank you so much. Love to debate that with you a little bit, but well, yeah. I guess I was one of those guys, shills. You call me a shill for PennDOT. I guess I'm a shill for big government or for big business, too. Well, a <laughs> little bit different operation. I, I think there are some good business people out there and some good sure businesses, but he's talking, I, I think, primarily about uh, you know corporations where the profit is the only motive and people are just a little asterisk, and if you have to lay them off so you can send your product manufacturing overseas. We had a great person locally who was inventing a project that they were going to market and did do so. They could not find any, A-N-Y, any factory in the U.S. to make it for them. They had to go overseas if they wanted it done, so they did. But it was a problem. There was no factory or no manufacturer that was interested in taking on a new product, American-made, and so they had to send it overseas. So, And that's, you know, corporate greed, stockholder. But, you know, but now you, you're you, ignoring one of the other options, and that's the, is that it? is the government. The government had a policy for years that we need to outsource, we need to, you know, build okay. up our world community. We need to all depend on on one another. The That's great not a contradiction. I agree with that. I, I'm well aware of incentives to, you know, make things cheaper. And then, of course, you, you and I, we want things as cheap as humanly possible. So we're part of the problem, too. Okay, so you've got two items. One was made in the United States. It's $10. One was made in China. It's 6 Which one are you going to buy? Same product? Americans go to Walmart and buy the six. No, I'm asking time you, what you what you would buy. Oh, I'd buy the ten dollar. I love America. I'd do anything to support this country. <laughs> I buy American made whenever I can. Well, then why, if everybody feels like, and if you ask people, I would say you ask nine out of ten people, ten ten people, that nine out of ten of them are going to say, oh, I'd buy the American product. Yet they don't. They don't support it. Most you, people buy the the cheapest thing they can find at Walmart. Do you remember Walmart. the last com- television set made in America? I think it was Curtis Mathis. Mm-hmm. For years, they were the, they were promoting. They were the only one. This was back when tube types were prevalent. But you couldn't get it. If we, if we had to depend on American-made TV sets today, we <laughs> would be, be sitting years. there reading a lot of books. You're right. For 10 years, we'd have to wait. Well, we could use our smartphones as long as they keep shipping them in. Well, you know, but why, why do we let the Japanese and the Koreans and the Vietnamese gain supremacy in this area. Is it because well, they can do it cheaper? we didn't think it would cause any problems. We thought, well, okay, if there's a million of us and we keep buying a million products overseas, that's fine. Well, guess what? There's 300 million of us now. We're buying 300 million products overseas. Well, that's too much. It's but unsustainable. But you forget the argument. The argument is that we need to lift everybody. You're always making this. We need to lift everybody up. We need to make sure that these people in these other countries have a good quality of life, a good standard of life. So we'll buy their products. We'll trade with them. They'll trade with us. So the the problem is we buy $3 million worth of their stuff. They buy 28 cents of ours. <laughs> well, I, I think you're kind of blending two different discussions about well, you, that's global trade. That's the second trade. time today you've accused me of Well, that. because you, you pick out one sentence that you think is important, and that's, you know, fair trade around the world. And then you talk about the fact that almost all of our electronic-type products come from Asia. Well, the two aren't related. You know, if, if you think that fair trade— Why aren't tra- they related? Because fair, tra- to me. fair trade relates to paying people what they're worth or paying the real costs associated with things. And buying products from Asia has to do with available workforce there, available precious metals, available Now, you're talking free trade, not fair trade. Fair trade is we put some limits on this, and we make sure right. that we get a dollar in value for a dollar spent. <sighs> If anybody wishes to help me, honest to Pete. <laughs> and the lesson 101, this sign. Is, <sighs> this is exhausting, honest. <laughs> if anybody wishes to call, rational comments only, call now, 1-800-795-9565. And that would be somebody who agrees with you. Anybody no, no, who no, agrees no, with me, no, that no, would not no. be rational. I could be totally out of line. I would oh, love you somebody. are, brother. Okay, well, fine. I'd love somebody in addition to you to tell me. Okay. I'm sure Stan is speed dialing even as we speak. All right, 1-800-795-9565. On the market sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Toll-free line open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We do have some brief news headlines here. There are 29 active cases of COVID-19 at the Allenwood Federal Prison Complex. Federal Bureau of Prisons came out with that number, saying the vast majority of the cases are in the minimum security prison, but there are others at the other prisons there, and they say they're up to 30 cases. There have been some deaths of 
inmates as a result of COVID-19 lately, and so they're trying to tamp down that outbreak locally. Three new deaths from COVID-19 have been reported. Despite that increase in the number of deaths, the rate of deaths from COVID-19 is still going down. A state health health committee has voted to appeal to Commonwealth Court Committee on Documents decision upholding Pennsylvania school mask mandate. Their Republicans in Harrisburg say they do not want a school mask mandate, and Mark Sims has the very latest. House Health Committee Chair Kathy Rapp voted to appeal the decision. We are very concerned that the secretary did not follow the constitutional process in issuing her order. That's really the bottom line. But Representative Benjamin Sanchez voted against appealing the decision. It could very well indeed be a frivolous appeal, so I'm hesitant to vote to move it on to that to basically write a blank check for a law firm to take this up. So, you know, it just seems like an incredible waste of taxpayer money to just keep pursuing this issue. The vote to appeal the decision passed the committee on a 15 to 10 party line vote. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Another Christmas tree from the valley headed to the nation's capital, Hillview Christmas Tree Farm in Snyder County, Middleburg area, says they received the honor of providing the national Christmas tree in Washington, D.C. Owner Daryl Bowersock says the tree is scheduled to be taken to Washington tomorrow. The national Christmas tree will be placed on the north side of the ellipse between the White House and the Washington Monument. It's lit annually by the president to mark the official beginning of the holiday season. And finally, Halloween costumes often reflect whatever is most being talked about in the months leading up to the spooky holiday, which is why one New York school district is preemptively banning costumes from the TV show Squid Game. Principals at three elementary schools in the Fayette Mannerless School District sent emails to parents to let them know that dressing up as a character from the dystopian South Korean and survival drama won't be permitted. An email sent to parents of the Mott Road Elementary School cited concerns about the potential violent nature of the game and that Squid Game was an inappropriate uh, was inappropriate for recess play or discussion at school. According to the school district, the Netflix show depicts a group of South Korean residents who compete in a series of children's games for the chance to rid themselves of crippling debt. Those who lose the game are killed. <laughs> so we don't want any squid games. Have, have you heard about this? Or yes, but it? I haven't watched it. Okay. But we have one of our comments from the rational listeners that you ask for. says, Mark, you're an intelligent man, but you need to take some courses in basic economics. Okay, what am I missing? I've told you, but you won't listen to it. Okay, me. I'm listening. Go ahead. Well, what, which in which element do you want to know about? What, Any of them, whatever, whatever I'm. Well, so we talked about the supply tra- about train, but you won't believe me. Okay, go ahead. Well, I just well, I'm not repeating it again for the audience, but we talked about all of those things being offshore. The supply chain is the problem. Not it's sitting there; it's waiting to be delivered. They're all out there in ships. Let's right. get them on so, board. And that's the only reason we have a supply chain dilemma. That well, if if all the goods are sitting offshore, if everything that we need is sitting there, and all we need to do is unload it, what would you say the major problem was? Okay, to so me, it's they're not unloading the pro- okay. the products. I got you. So worker shortage not a factor. Well, they created their own. See, okay. this is where the government okay. comes in you. by saying that we, they government, won't let they won't factor. let owner operators into the port of Los Angeles to help unload oh, this stuff. So maybe government is a factor. Well, maybe you could say unions are a factor. Oh, yeah, unions. There you go. Absolutely. Pandemic, not a factor. Well, what what is the pandemic got to do with the stuff sitting offshore? Okay. We'll stipulate then, no. I don't Today. know about economics, so we'll scratch that. Uh, let's see. Government, a factor or no? Well, yes, we because they, they're, okay. they're, it's government policies that are leading to the sh- that ships not being offloaded. Available dollars among consumers, a factor or no? Well, that's a factor in inflation. If but if the goods are oh, there, if is the that goods, a yes? Listen, so transportation you, you're, you're, and available no, dollars. The available dollars are only driving prices up because the goods aren't in the stores. 
if the goods were in the stores, you must have surely heard stories about get your Christmas shopping done early right. because you probably aren't going to find the right. stuff. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So what does that mean? I'll pay $20 more to get that doll I want for my daughter. I'll pay $30 more for that toy truck that so my son has to have. So you're saying the supply chain, is, now you just conceded that there's five, those are five links. Dr. Rosu said there's ten links in that chain, but you, you say there's only five, but the worst one is I, transportation. You asked me which ones were the most prevalent or causing the problem. No, no, no. no I asked you if, if anything else was a factor at all whatsoever, period. Stimulus money, a factor or no? Well, it created oh, revenue that's for a yes. people. That's a yes. No, it's not. Okay. No, no, it's, it's okay. Not, it's, not it's, driving, okay it's not driving inflation. It's not driving the shortage. Okay. How about our over-dependence on Asian goods, a factor or no? What has that got to do with it? That's where they're coming okay, from. So we that's can't a no. change. That's fine, Joe. That's, that's a no. That's not a deal. So you breaker. conceded to five. You've said that three that I named aren't factors, although Dr. Russo, who is an economist, said they were, but you say he's mistaken. No, you're, you're mischaracterizing what I'm saying again. It's very disingenuous of you. Okay. What I am saying is that there are... You could say there are 2,000 factors, but the ones that are most driving the problem at the moment, the ones that, if they were addressed, would provide some modicum of relief, are the ones I've mentioned. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, for the individual, I just sent the email back. Uh, I, of course, I'm an intelligent man, but I, I don't know basic economics, so that's, so that's fine. I'll concede that that's probably true. What am I missing? Send your email back and say, you know, there must be something I'm missing. Just include a two- or three-word sentence about it, you know, that'll tell me what I'm missing. But he won't listen to you because I've explained to him what he's missing, and he doesn't want to hear it. Oh, gotcha. I got gotcha. you. All right. All, All right, right, Doug says... Eric. Oh, Eric, okay. Go ahead, Welcome Eric. to the clown show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, today must be, what is it, Thursday, so it's Eric's Rant Thursday. Um, I'm ticked off about a lot of things this morning, gentlemen. First of all, I'm ticked off that this network still has not figured out how to get Channel 16 back on my satellite. What? So I can't watch my... Yes, yes. Three weeks now. It's Isn't it amazing that these negotiations between Dish Network and these uh, multi-channel conglomerates always happen right before you need to watch something like, oh, maybe the Penn State-Ohio State game this weekend? You know? Uh, anyway, that's a first rant. So now I'm forced to watch uh, other stations. I'm forced to watch the Today Show, which I typically don't watch and everything. So I'm going to actually agree. Sitting down, Joe? Yes. Okay, I'm actually going to agree with you that the mainline news media sometimes is off its rocker. <laughs> so today, okay, hold on. So I'm today waiting. on the NBC, on, on the Today Show, uh, first of all, they started with that stupid shooting out in Arizona, which, you know, okay, someone died, it's a tragedy, let's move on. Nobody cares anymore. Someone screwed up at Hollywood, okay, let's move on. The number one story today should, of course, be what's going on with the uh, attempt to get this passage of a stimulus or a bill, right, group? So I, I've been saying, I think, on the show for a while, at least once, that I think the Democrats went for pie in the sky, went too far. Now, Joe, you've been heard, I've heard you to say that the, the, the package was going to be $6 billion when actually it was no more than $3 billion. Now, but now that, we have it That's down trillion, to, Eric, that's okay? trillion, trillion, not billion. Trillion. I, I'm sorry, trillion. I beg your pardon. Like, a trillion, yes. Let's get it right. Um, so now it's down to about uh, a trillion and a half to two. But the Democrats, I think, I, again, I'm against the whole, the big largeness of it, are trying to get through uh, the infrastructure, which I think almost all of us are for in a certain package. But then also throwing in, you know, everything. They're still trying to throw in um, K through three preschool, which I am for. But then throwing in the same bill, um, you know, the the policies about, uh, you know, ecology and environment. I think it's too far. But here's my point. Today on the Today Show, the commentator is saying that this is now president the president's last-ditch effort to get through some of his initiatives. The last-ditch effort. So he's sticking around. He's not going over to Europe for another day to get the, the last-ditch effort. The last time I looked... This president has now been in office for full nine full months, right? Sounds right. Okay. Uh, last Actually, time I checked, 10, the, 10, the presidency 10. goes for 48 full months, right? 
How in the Hannah is this supposed to be a kind of last-ditch effort? The news media hypes everything up like, you know, if we don't get this through, it, everything's gone, and, and, you know, it's craziness. It's Eric, craziness. Drives, Eric drives a Ford. <laughs> That's the Ford song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and anyway. we're not going to say where I bought the Ford, but we all know where <laughs> Eric bought the Ford and also gets his great quick lane from anyway. I've talked about that before. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes, my wife just exited. She just went to exercise. I came from PT. But the news media hypes this like, oh, this is a last-ditch effort. Like, if it doesn't get through now, like, his whole presidency is wasted and everything. What a bunch of crap. So I you like think the, the news that, that media is not addressing the real issues in the real way? <laughs> Come on now. That can't be true. What I'm saying is the Democrats had, had thought they could get everything through, and, and, and no, it's too expensive. I'm agreeing with, with some of those two Democratic senators who, who said this too much, you know? I pay taxes, too. I, I, I understand, Joe, you're right. It's trillions. It's thousands of billions of every trillion we're talking about, you know? Uh, I understand that. So, but to say, the news media say, well, if this doesn't get through, then, you know, this whole presidency is shot. What a bunch of crap, you know? What, what, the, what we should be doing is trying to focus on the most important thing, which I think is the infrastructure bill, and get that through. And then let's look, let's look at things like, yeah, uh, we should have, you know, pre-K uh, for, for kids, to get our kids off to the right start. Even of, of, of all kids, not just, you know, we have Head Start, and although we also have... Uh, uh, advanced Head Start and so forth for the kids who have deficits or whatever, which is great. But, well, but let's let's get through the you know our, our youngest, most vulnerable kids need to have that that impetus. Let's get that through. But look at and what's then, ha- okay. look at what's Eric. Look at look at what's happening. The problem is that in the Democratic Party, the liberal wing or the progressives and the moderates can't agree. And I and you know the debate that's going on there is one that President Biden should be able to control, but he can't. You know, well, I don't it think... looks like he's trying to, but to say if this doesn't go through, to say that this is his last ditch effort. Well, this on. is this is what come he on. ran. Oh, but Eric, this is standing on the this news is, media. This is know? what he ran on, Eric. This is the promise he made to the American people, and I, I'm I don't really want all of it that he's proposing. You know, some of it I think has some value, but you know, it's wildly expensive stuff. And it's more entitlements that that are going to be cost-wise with us forever and ever and ever. And it's going to run up the national debt. And he's there blandly asserting that it's not going to cost anybody any money. But that's not true. So you don't think that the uh, billionaires should should pay more? I mean... So our billionaires should become trillionaires. And meanwhile, the who's arguing the lower that? Should be able, the lower ten percent should be able to get their kids you Eric, know, a good, decent start. There, there are what six hundred and fourteen billionaires in the United States of America. If you took every cent they had, it would run the government for a week, maybe. And Joe is one of them. Okay, <laughs> but but I think what he he's saying is, if you earn less than four hundred thousand dollars, which I would say. Yeah, ninety percent of your listeners earn that, probably more. Uh, that you know they're not going to have your tax increases, you know, and we're going to guarantee that that we're going to get our our youngest kids, you know, some preschool. I think that's a good thing. And it's not going to. It's I not going to cost. You know, us. we need infrastructure. But what now, about? I, I was never never in agreement with universal um, universal uh, community college. No, we we have to have good financial aid basis for it. But the kids, if you don't have a you know an iron in the fire, if you're not putting anything into it. Then, then how do you stand by it? So kids should have to pay a little bit towards our college. Okay, but I'm Eric, agreeing we need we need good post secondary education, but to say it for free, so kids, oh, I tried this, oh, I don't like it, you know, no, no, you have to have some buy-in from the kids. So I, I, I was never in agreement of this this free community college thing, never. Well, Eric, you, you, the other side of that is that. What is costing the American consumer, the American middle class, and costing them dearly right now is inflation. The cost of everything is going up, and it's largely because the government is spending money it doesn't have. And giving and, us money that we don't have. And giving us money maybe we don't need, but certainly, <laughs> you know, you can make that argument one way or the other. Some of that program is good. I think the first stimulus was necessary. The second one I'm not so much sure about. And now all of this other stuff, these trillions of dollars they're spending, are not going to do anything other than drive the inflationary pressures on the economy right up again. 
making everything. Are you paying more for bacon? I'm paying 18% more. I'm paying more for a gallon of gas. <laughs> more than that. Well, no, they said 18% for well, bacon. it's got to be more than that. It's almost doubled. Well, it's ridiculously expensive. Uh, a sandwich that I used to order that was uh, $5.30 is now $6. You know, so the American consumer, the middle class is being hit. They're being hit by Joe Biden's policies, and he doesn't seem to care. I don't believe he doesn't seem to care. I don't believe that at all. And and who's making this extra money, Joe? Is is it the average person, or is it is it the uh, the big corporation just sticking it to us because we have the opportunity to? Well, all who's right. Making in, who's making in these extra dollars? All right. Well, let let's look at it analytically. I'm buying. Uh, let's say I'm buying a chicken pie. Uh, let's say for the sake of argument for Kentucky Fried Chicken, I'm, ma- I'm buying chicken pies. My cost is $3. I sell it for $5. All of a sudden, my chicken pies costing me $5 to get the parts and assemble it. What am I going to do? Am I going to eat that the loss? I'm not going to make a profit? How, how will I pay my workers? How will I buy my supplies if I don't make some extra money? How will I feed my family? What's my incentive for working? Who's to say that you should be making two dollars on a three dollar on a five dollar item? Either. So that's but your ar- that's that your money? argument. Okay. I mean, well, the the well, guy the guy. Well, you know, let's say I have a franchise. I have to pay franchise fees. I have to pay my attorneys. I have to pay my suppliers. I have to pay my employees. I have to pay my water bill, my gas bill, my heating bill. I have to pay my taxes. So all that stuff goes into it. If the price of one thing goes up. What am I going to do? Am I going to adjust my prices to my consumers, or am I going to eat it and go out of business? What do you want me to do, Eric? So, but you're blaming this all on the president, not on the supply chain side, not on not on other things. Well, I blame it on the supply chain side, and I think that I've explained that. Mark and I have gone round and round about that this morning. He thinks I'm wrong. I think he's wrong. So, who's right? Who's wrong? You decide. So, so the we whole problem go. is all the goods we're getting in from out of. Uh, the goods were coming in from outside the country. Is that's, that right? That's not what I that's said, Eric. That's not a factor. Come on, don't don't bring reality into <laughs> not this. Not what I said. Thank you, Eric. Because We've I got to think, move on. I don't think the chickens... Amongst, I'll, I'll end with this. I know my time's up. The biggest problem right now amongst a good number of people listening is they, is you cannot find rifle ammunition anywhere in the central Susquehanna Valley. <laughs> that's the biggest issue. All right. Well, we I'm not you. looking what? for any. I'll so. tell you what. You, you ask how many hunters out there who don't have ammunition to go deer hunting, I'll tell you what, that is going to be a huge issue. I just drove past a business. Maybe that's why they had a sign out front that said, we have ammo. So, <laughs> Oh, well, can you tell me off there who that is? I'll go, I'll go there right now because... Uh, uh, let's see, where was I? Where did we drive yesterday? Part, where did part you, part oh, I went to State College yesterday. It's I mean, no. Yeah, but, the way uh, to State College. I think most of our ammunition suppliers are, are within the United States, and I think they're holding it back just to put a big price, price increase and drop a bunch of it on right before hunting season, and we're all going to go, phew, yeah, I'll pay uh, I'll pay 35 and $40 for a box of ammunition, which costs right, $20. Thank you so much, Eric. Year. Don't hate tell to... me that's inflation <laughs> either, Joe. That, that's, that's just the market. That's I hate to tell you that the price of ammunition... Thank you, Eric. Eric, I hate to tell you the price of ammunition has been going up for some time. I, my police chief tells me that he had to buy, lay in extra supplies when he could get it cheaply mm. because the price is going up so high. All right, yeah, I'm not going to name any names of businesses I was near that have ammo, but I will tell you that I was on Route 45 en route to State College yesterday, so okay. I saw that sign. All right, Bob, hold on, please. Stand by. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
great. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. I want you to do what I've done, and that's drive some of these fabulous vehicles. I drove the Mustang Mach-E, and that's the electric vehicle that gets it goes about 250 miles till you have to charge it up. So for most basic commutes around here, it'll be fine. It certainly will make it to the shore points in Delaware, Virginia, and Maryland, and New Jersey and before you have to charge it up when you get there, and uh, you won't make it back. But if you drive to Harrisburg, you can make it back. So just depends on your commute. But the bottom line, uh, this is really important, what I want to say. It is very important that you know that the Sunbury Motor Company can order up the Mustang Mach-E, whether it's the new Bronco and soon the full-size Bronco, the F-150 or the electric Lightning F-150 or the Hyundai, uh, the Kia Telluride, whatever it happens to be. They got it there, and they will take orders, take names, so to speak, and make you a happy customer, as thousands and thousands of people have been in the past. If you are not ready for a brand-new vehicle, how about the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles. If your car's just flat-right busted, then you can use their rollback service. That's a towing service. Not really towing. It's rollback, but and they do have a towing service if you have an 18-wheeler or a great big truck that fell over an embankment. But they super serve everybody they touch at the Sunbury Motor Company. So please, do as I've done. Become a happy customer of the Sunbury Motor Company. Bob, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. I just wanted to say, you know, Joe Biden is doing a good job. He's not oh. giving up on this bill he's trying to get passed. He knew from the beginning he would be lucky to get half of what he asked for. He's been there long enough. He knows how government works. Republicans are the big babies that are trying to make this bill look bad for the people. And there's many Republicans here that want this bill to be passed. You know, they're just doing it for political purposes. And Trump ran on this uh, trade agreement thing, you know, and he felt flat on his face. He didn't get that job done while he was in office either. So, I mean, this stuff with the ports and stuff, he ordered them to work 24-7. And, you know, if they're not doing it, he, he can't control it. So it's the people, there's not enough people willing to work. It's, that's everywhere. Every Gee, why, do you think, why, here, why do you think that is, Bob? Why do you think that is? Uh, apparently, people don't need it. Don't need to work. <laughs> well, yeah, That's because the government's gave, handing them everything. Right, gave them free money. Government didn't get that much. <laughs> well, the three I mean, they, they gave out what normal person should be making. Six hundred dollars a week initially in unemployment benefits, and three hundred dollars more after that well, ran out. Everybody should make forty thousand dollars a year at least. Well, they should. Every job should pay. Family. So if everybody makes forty thousand dollars a year, what do the people who are making forty thousand dollars a year now want? Because they were making, they were doing pretty good. We but now everybody else is getting that. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to want sixty. To be fair, well, I fortunately worked for a company that gave us stimulus money. We got like several thousands of dollars. Good. So, I mean, a lot of places didn't do that. All but, right. um, that's, There's a worker uh, a shortage lot of the problem right now. And as far as the guy not being able to watch ABC, they're just talking about the shooting out there at that. Uh, I know. Isn't that terrible? I'm really surprised at that. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised that that's all they want to talk about on the news is this shooting. It seems so immaterially unimportant to the world, but of course, I guess because it's a Baldwin brother, they, they go nuts over it. So, yep, you're right. It's stealing all the headlines. All right, thank you so much, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate okay, the call. I got my booster shot yesterday at Giant. You can just walk in up to the counter and they'll book it in in an hour. They'll jab you. Okay, sounds yeah. great. And thank you. And the flu shot, too. All right, have a good day. Take Bye. care, Bob. See you, buddy. All right, uh, Joe, let's, uh, well, let's we got lots of stuff read here. something and then okay. we'll take the break. The fact that a major ammo manufacturer was shut down last year because of Remington going bankrupt didn't help. Ammo prices are supply and demand. There is a huge demand with seven-plus million new gun owners that want to shoot their gun. Oh, no, Stan, you're wrong. Demand has nothing to do with supply. <laughs> One of our listeners just schooled me on that. So they yeah, say supply and demand is are unrelated topics. Class warfare is a disgusting position, Eric. Anyone making under four hundred fifty thousand dollars is not paying more taxes. Anyone making under four hundred fifty thousand dollars not paying more tax is a lie. Trump ran on trade and fell flat in his face, says Bob. All right. And Eric, it's Biden's last-ditch effort because he might soon be removed from office by the 25th Amendment. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. suddenly Nancy Pelosi is going to say, oh, I, I guess it's time to get rid of and Joe then, Biden. And then laughing out loud, maybe Eric is finally waking up to the lies and biases of the mainstream media. But then again, maybe not. <laughs> All right. Now the emails. 
All right. In 2009, Obama was given $819 billion for infrastructure, which was hyped to solve many of the bridges and highway issues. That money did nothing for infrastructure. It was all given to special interest groups, so much for the Obama shovel-ready jobs. And uh, Mark, one of the thing you're, things you're missing is your point about supply chain. You want to blame demand on supply chain issues. Demand and supply are completely different forces. Demand doesn't affect supply chain issues. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. So demand isn't a factor in supply and demand anymore? Supply chain issues. Right. In other words, the supply was manufactured. Right. Supply chain means that getting it to the places to the where people. it can be bought, okay, that's so let's, the problem. Okay, so let's suppose we Supply have... Supply would be people aren't making the goods. Right, I got that. That's fine. Okay, we'll stipulate that. So demand isn't a factor in supply chain issues over demand has nothing to do with supply chain issues, not a bottleneck. So let's okay. suppose we get a trillion dollars from Asia now, okay, in goods from Asia, and they come pouring in and we send a trillion dollars over there. Tomorrow, we're only going to spend one dollar on this. So you're saying the, su the huge supply chain backlog would still exist if demand went away? <laughs> you really don't get this. Oh, so, I, I guess not. Yeah, Go ahead. How right. could you have a First backlog all, if you have no demand? Where is their supply? The supply is made overseas. Overseas. Right. Whether we like it or not, it's made gotcha. there. Okay. So if we were overseas, we could walk in and buy it directly from one of their stores. <laughs> right. There would be no if supply chain. If you were a free country, issue. you could. But getting it here to where the consumers are is the supply chain. And right. that's where the problem is. The supplies have already been manufactured. They're sitting offshore in containers and on ships waiting to come on shore and then be transported to the stores where the consumer can buy them. Okay. That's the supply chain. But That's the problem. But you're saying increased demand has nothing to do with the backlog. And I say... But it's not increased it, demand, Mark. It I, is. We have all this money. Of, now, listen to me. The same number of people want bacon. The same number of people. There isn't suddenly a worldwide demand for more bacon. Okay. The same amount's going to be sold, but there is no bacon. It's not in the stores. So the guy who does have it, had, maybe he had to pay extra to get it, and so he's going to raise his prices so that you, you know, he he can sell the bacon he has and make a little more money. Okay. That's inflation. That's how it starts. Right. Oh, I get that. I, I don't get a problem. I just say if suddenly if demand is not a factor in a supply chain glut, well, I think that's ridiculous. If if demand well, it might be were, if the rifle issue that our texter said if the, suddenly there are more gun owners and they want more ammunition, okay. that would certainly be uh, more uh, goods shortage based on demand. I would concede that. All right. But the same number of people are still going to want bacon. The same number of people are still going to buy light bulbs. The same number of people are still going to buy vacuum cleaners. Gotcha. All right. We'll take a quickie break. We'll be right back. we got callers lining up. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Rob Center, being fabulous. Mark Lawrence being a terrible liberal, and Joe being a pretty darn good conservative. You're not a terrible liberal, but you're actually pretty good at being a liberal. <laughs> Thank you. You just right. have terrible ideas. They're just not all as dumb as me, I hope, anyway. All right, Cindy, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for your tremendous patience today. Go right ahead. No, not such a big patience. But anyway, <clears throat> I learned an interesting thing yesterday. In, uh, when they passed the 16th Amendment, which allowed the federal government to tax income, the proposal at the time was that it would impact about 5% of the population, which was what it does. 5% of households would have to pay an income tax. What? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now 55% of U.S. households pay income taxes. Well, this surprised me in two ways. Number one, this tax was meant to only target wealthy people, but somehow drills down to everyday Americans. But two, why is only about half the households, half, half the households are paying taxes? Well, and the 5% are, are now not paying them, strangely enough. Oddly enough, yes. <laughs> Talk about upside down. And to the answer, would I pay more for something that's made in America? Yes. I wanted to get a dolly high chair for my granddaughter. So I went online searching, having looked around here, and I couldn't find one. And, of course, that one company, which starts with A, had a gazillion choices. But I just went in and searched under DuckDuck. And lo and behold, here's a company in Wisconsin that makes very nice dolly high chairs. Where do you think I bought the dolly high chair? In the From USA. the company in Wisconsin. And I, I looked at it, and yes, it cost me more. 
But their company had burned to the ground, and they had rebuilt it in an effort to preserve jobs in this country. Why wouldn't you reward them with your dollars? You know, every dollar that we spend over something that's manufactured in another country denies our country, for those of you with a passion towards government spending, tax revenue. If that product was made in America and employed Americans instead, then the employee would be taxed, the employer would be taxed, the business would be taxed. So all those people who think it's jolly to get all this stuff overseas, you're the one who's driving up the taxes here because you're reducing the number of contributors. And I find it amazing that only 55% of households are paying federal income tax. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that means that, that mo- pretty soon we're going to be at a point where half the people are not contributing economically through taxes to the government. No, we'll just, we'll just soak the billionaires, Cindy. That's all, all we have to do. We'll just take all well, the Well, even if you did that, that would only last a week or so. We'd have to do no the rest argument, of the year. But that seems to be the Democrats' answer. That's an answer, but it's I not the answer. I don't even follow the reasoning of how they want to do this. So what they're saying is they're gonna, they want me to account. I'm not a billionaire, ladies and gentlemen, not by a million miles. But just imagine as you yourself that every year you will go through your home And you will, uh, first of all, assess the value of your house, figure out how much your house is worth on the market today, not what you bought for it 20 years ago. How much is your car worth? How much is any art or any other valuable you might have, you know, grandma's chair that you've had for five generations? What is that worth? You add all of that up. You add any stock that you might own, your pension. You come to a number. Let's say that if you add up all that stuff, it comes up to half a million dollars, and you get taxed on that half a million dollars. You haven't sold any of it, but you get taxed on it, that you own these things. And the next year, rinse, repeat, you do it again. Mm -hmm. And again, you pay a tax on the value of the things that you own. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm all for taxing the, the rich. Believe me, I think they should pay equal to what the average Jane or Joe is paying. You know, if we're going to charge a nurse 30% tax on her income, we darn well should be charging the guy that's living off his stock 30%. And we don't. They don't. They get a free ride. And do you know why? Not a free ride. I beg your pardon. 20%. You know why they have that? Because the senator from New York blocked that change. They tried to raise the capital gains tax. And the senator from New York... The one who's running the Senate, he blocked that. And why? Well, because he's carrying the water for Wall Street. And what is his name by chance? Anybody want to guess? Chuck Schumer. All right, so the gotcha. fallacy that the Democrats are going to go we, after. We've got to move on. We have two other callers and a break sorry. to take. That's so okay. Good. Thanks. So good. Thank you so Bye. much. Thanks. All right, one eight hundred. Scratch the telephone number. We got the two callers lined up. That will take us to the end of the show. Uh, we'll be right back. There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Joe and I got a friendly wager here. Well, gonna, you, you created it. I just said I don't. I don't. I'm going to make sure that uh, Penn State hasn't beaten Ohio State since what? I'm going to bet you they will this week by ten points. <laughs> and uh, I'll buy you lunch by ten points at Penn's Tavern. If Penn State's going to beat them by ten points. Yep. Oh. And uh, buy you lunch at Penn's Tavern <laughs> on a Thursday with all your Republican <laughs> friends. <laughs> I'm going to be eaten alive and not yes, by mosquitoes. <laughs> All right, Lance, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. Well, hello there. Anyway, uh, we start talking about uh, billionaires 
you ever stop and think that a goodly portion of their money is invested in people's jobs? Oh, my gosh. Must Every billionaire probably supports 20,000 jobs or well, more than that, maybe. Okay. Case in point here would be the corporation that I retired from about 12 years ago. And uh, at that time, I had all the figures on it. They were the 170th or so largest corporation in America. And uh, it shook out kind of like this. The profits were a billion and a half dollars. Now, we had 30,000 employees. It was a profit per employee to the shareholders of $50,000 per employee. The cost of an employee at that time of an agreement now, I'm not talking... Uh, well, let me stop you there, Lance. We're just about out of time. The bottom line is that billionaires don't just support themselves and their private jet. They support a glazillion jobs, and many of them may be well-paying. What What is the bottom line? Should billionaires be taxed at all if they're going to create all these jobs? Well, think of the great economic good they're doing, or should they be taxed a little bit? No, here's what I'm saying is we should either tax corporate profits at the corporate level are at the employee level, and we to now we tax them both. Okay, I got you. But uh, they, some of the billionaires say they're not paying their fair share of taxes. Remember, Ross Perot used to say that, and so did uh, the other one whose name escapes me. Warren Buffett. Yes, thank uh, you. Warren Buffett, okay. say that in view of his lifetime uh, achievements and what he has done. Is like a poker player after garnering in most of the chips, pronouncing the game immoral and changing the rules to those of contract bridge. All right. Well, I think what Warren Buffett was doing anyway was suggesting future changes. He wasn't complaining about what had happened previously. All right. We got you, Lance. Thank you so much for waiting and for calling in. Thanks, Lance. Very much appreciated and glad to hear from you. Joe, you're going to be the last caller of the day in Joe McGranahan's retirement shortened week as well. Hi. Well, I have a question. Just to ask Joe, uh, with a preface before, what about his uh, opinion of Merrick Garland now that uh, he's seen a little more of him? Well, he over the years he's mentioned that he thought Garland should have got a no, no. a hearing for oh, his yes. uh, okay. thought on uh, on the Supreme Court. But first, I want to say that Mitch McConnell said that he was never going to get on because the Republicans controlled the Senate and that he didn't want to put him through what you would have to expose, right? And secondly, Mary Garland had three chances to rule on uh, uh, Second Amendment issues, and he was, he, he ruled on what I'll call the opposite side. So he was, I'll say, 0 for 3, supporting the Second Amendment uh, as a judge. So uh, has your opinion changed? Not to go back where you were, you know, what you knew then, but what you know now. My opinion hasn't changed. Merrick Garland was, based on his education, his qualifications, and judicial temperament, and experience, and experience qualified, right. qualified for the qualified. Supreme Court. Uh, and right. I think based on those qualifications, he should have had a hearing. Because but the president has. of him today, did you watch the hearing yesterday? Yeah, I watched it. I thought he was equivocating and dodging, and uh, but his, his job now. Unqualified. His now. job now is to represent the right. administration. I, I understand that he was. He's in a totally different position. Right. As more, he looks like a, the perfect politician. Oh, but, he does. Uh, yeah, no argument. I think he does. <laughs> okay, so I, I just wondered if, like, all that. I mean, he was still that same person. He would have been that same person as a as a Supreme Court justice. I'm, well, yeah, but I'm the assuming at, at his age he still had those political ideas. But, but uh, the difference uh, is the difference is that he uh, would have had to be impartial on the Supreme Court, or he would at least have had to give the appearance of that and weigh both sides of the issue. Here he's being paid to defend the administration. So and he's carrying the administration's, administration's water, water on this yeah, topic. So, I mean, it's a not, different job. Remember how many times we heard that about Trump. He's not the, the administration's top lawyer. Yeah, yeah well, you're right. <laughs> okay, here's a hey. message for Bob. Are you there? Yeah, yep, we're here. Hurry up. Bob, yesterday, I, I, uh, he said about fish and hot dogs, Bob, fish is much healthier than hot dogs. So change the fish. There you go. Switch oh, okay. to fish. Thanks a lot, All Joe. Right. Yep, no Appreciate your there. call. 
Well, thank you, everybody. Tomorrow, Ben and I will enjoy a very calm discussion about supply chain issues. See you Monday. <laughs> Joe will be back Monday. This is WKOK Sunbury.